coach. I'm so excited to have Cecilia Roger with me. She is a textile and embroidery artist and teacher living in Italy and Switzerland. Before, she has worked as a polyographer and a wine producer. These previous professions taught her all about history, nature and ancestral techniques. Today, as a fiber artist, needles are her brushes, threads, her pigments and precious fabrics, her canvases. Her hands are her real treasure in life as they connect her with her soul. Welcome, Cecilia! I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> You're very honored to be your guest today. So, Cecilia, if you started writing a book about your life, where would you start? Well, I have an image of myself. I think it's, I was about three or four. It's a, one of my oldest memory, sewing a piece of cloth in uh, my mother's uh, closet. And I mean, if I see uh, this little girl sewing, I mean, I'm amazed thinking of me sewing and embroidering all day now, uh, so many years later. So this is for sure a starting point because then so many changes happened in my life, but considering what I, my passion, my, what I like to do today, this image, it's quite strong as a starting point. Mm, so sweet, a three-year-old. <laughs> so what has been the biggest change in your life? Well, there were two big changes, both of them quite strong, tough, difficult. So one, it was after or during and after my PhD in paleography, then I did realize that the future for this career was, was not very clear. There were no possibility. And my family found that I was quite strange and be passionate about this not common branch of the history. And so I decided I was going to leave university as a researcher and join a, a new family business in the winemaking. And apart from really the technical changes from, I mean, studying parchments from the 12th century and going working uh, with my father in this medium-sized winery she decided to buy, it was really a big skills change but even as a mindset I was enjoying very much the silence of the long archive journey and the wine business has for sure got this romantic uh, connection with nature's growing of plants of veil but then there's all the uh, commercial side I mean but, uh, the wine has to be put on the market and this it was quite traumatic for me because you know it's it's another uh, mindset is another way way to approach 
the market and, and the business. So this is, was quite strong, this change. But as I am for sure a learner as a strand, I discovered that recently, even if I've been learning all my life, well, I, I try to learn as, as much as I could to be a good uh, wine producer. And there are aspects of these experiences that I, I mean, I, I, I still find were fantastic. Okay, and how did it go from wine producing to Japanese embroidery? Well, I, had, I must say that there's a, a broader passion in my life and is doing things with hands, repairing, sewing, ceramics. I've been really experienced many different crafts. And when I remember when I was in high school, that was the uh, that was the seventies when it was because I finished high school in seventy eight. We as with a very close friend of mine, we used to knit all the day. It was fashionable at that time. Well, it's is is again fashion. <laughs> so I always have really enjoyed hands movements. So after different experiences, I found embroidery uh, really my my vocation, my passion. This long time quiet, calming, silence. I really feel needles like brushes and, and threads like colors. And I, I really enjoy very much. And this was for a long time, just a hobby. Well, it, beca it started as a hobby. Then it became a small side business. And then many years after joining the vineyard, I decided I was I really wanted in my life to to give a try to this passion and try to to have a, a sort of a small business with that so I made another great change that it was very tough maybe even tougher because of my age I did that when I was around 50 so you know when you change you are 30 is different than when you change you are 50 nevertheless I I was enthusiastic. I've learned a lot. I think I, I did quite good things. I have to be very honest. It's a very tiny, 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 tiny niche. Don't it's not <laughs> to get success out of that is not easy, but the pleasure I have is so big that I keep being consistent and wanting to go ahead. What's special about embroidery? What kind of moments do you experience when you do it? Well, because of my background, I, I value a lot the uh, historical side because to be very, very clear, embroidery is or ornaments with threads and things is one of the first expression of man, mankind to show his power. Even the, in the prehistoric, you see, they used to put on a special fur, uh, put the bones of animals soon with uh, very primitive needles. And then from that on, we can admire uh, Egyptians and other old, civilization uh, pictures, the ornaments that are done with uh, mm. any kind of embellishment, it's a way to underline the power, the chief, the high, 
higher class. But on the other side, so is it is it is not an art, is a decorative art, but it's and what is quite interesting that there are no names behind that. You remember you can you have ceramists, you can have artists doing decor decorative art with names, but you don't have name of embroiderer. So it's just a sort of big community that is completely, uh, it's a ghost community. You don't have names, but just people uh, embroidery, sewing and uh, working for this embellishment. There's for me, um, just for me, quite extraordinary paintings from Elizabeth I. And it's like, you know, in a, it's an embroidery architecture. Her uh, gown is so embroidered and <laughs> she was powerful. She was, it, there were so many techniques in this dress that it's absolutely amazing. And through these spectacular techniques, the purpose was to underline the power of the queen. But then, you know, if for the church is the same for gold work, uh, it's, it's even nowadays, you, you do realize that haute couture embroidery and uh, pret-a-porter, high pret-a-porter, it has, it has to have embroidery to justify beauty, and to make the clients happy and, you know, showing his glamour, his status. So embroidery is, is always, it has always been present, but no names. There are names of atelier, but no names of single person. Mm. And this is all this historical side. It's, for me, it's really a passion. And then you have embroidery all over the world even if in really wild um, situation, there's a little bit of ornaments with uh, some threads, um, pieces of something. <laughs> Apart from the beauty of the ornaments, what is embroidery for you personally? What gives it to you? It's a journey. I mean, the final result is, well, of course it's important. I'm happy when I finish a piece. But the real pleasure is the journey from the, from the point I start deciding the design, the fabric, the threads, the techniques, the journey starts and the creativity. Um, eventually I change my mind on, on doing and I add something or I reduce. So this is really very, a great pleasure, but then another great pleasure is just sitting in my frames for hours and hours and having these movements, the flow of the movements. It's like a meditation is it's really when I am a little bit nervous because of everyday life, I know that if I sit on my frame, I will calm down, I will I will find pleasure and my soul will be fulfilled and, and I will be in peace. Beautiful. So whenever you have difficult moments, you, you start sewing or... Yes. I mean, I, 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 I embroidery in many different um, 
hours of the day. But if it happens that something makes me a little bit nervous, I know that at seven o'clock in the morning, I can have a couple of hours of embroidery and the day will start then after that nicely. <laughs> yes, because it's the movement and, and to, to just to uh, introduce the Japanese embroidery and then why Japanese embroidery. I discovered Japanese embroidery at an um, exhibition in Paris. And I was amazed by the, the, these techniques, so precise and then so poetical, so, so refined, the beauty and the shine of the silk. And then I decided I, I wanted to learn it. Of course, I know many friends and customers appreciate, but it's a tough, it's a tough journey because it's another culture in Europe and it, the, the, the niche is very little, but I keep being really passionate about that. And something that really left me speechless when I saw this quote by the master that hands are the exit of spirit. And in fact, using the movement in your hands you can really fulfill your spirit, your soul a lot. And this is, brings me to the Renaissance time for the Italian, because I am Italian, and the, um, the, the situation in the workshop where really the painter were doing a lot with their hands, preparing colors, mixing colors. There was all this movement and repetition of movement. And as if you really repeat a lot of movements that they brings to techniques, there's one day when your movement is so extraordinary because it's drawn from your soul. And this is the touch of unique beauty that many painters can have. And uh, I, I noticed, for example, that in Japanese embroidery, it happens to repeat the same designs is a little bit like all these famous printer Uchi um, Utamayo and all they keep repeating the same designs but every time is different because the way you are that day is different from the previous one <laughs> and so the uh, sensibility is different beautiful thank you Esther so Cecilia embroidery did it teach you also something about mindset? Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, embroidery on my own and teaching embroidery. First of all, especially, especially Japanese embroidery. I remember my teacher told me, you have to break your ego. That means that we have the tendency, I mean, I notice that in the embroidery community that want to be the best doing the best and in fact it's not a matter of that it's just a matter to be what we are and one day we can really be good because the flow everything is in, in, in everything is in the right position but the, the day after the flow is different and we have to accept that and it's the same I think when you 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 are writing a book that 
can be a day that you write hundreds of pages and the day after you are stuck on <laughs> and you can't go. And the same in embroidery, especially with Japanese embroidery. If I speak about haute couture embroidery, it's like a machine embroidery because you have a design and then you have to repeat and it's, it's, it's very different. But the, 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 the Japanese embroidery with the silk, the silk, it's not shining in the same way if your mindset is not in the right position. Mm -hmm. And teaching embroidery, uh, well, is there which I've learned a lot and I'm still learning a lot because I had many experiences where students were a little bit nervous because uh, they used to say, I do not get the same result as you do. And they say, I mean, I do millions of hours of embroidery and it's repetition, 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 and repetition, <laughs> exercise, exercise. And the flow combined with the mindset brings to a nice result. Mm. But repetition is another mindset because nowadays we don't, I say we don't generally, we don't give to exercise and repetition the same value than in the past. In the past, for example, to learn one stitch, I, I'm talking about Western embroidery, could be one year of, of, of repetition. Wow. So today, for example, if you talk about yoga, Yes, people are in the mindset that in yoga or meditation, but if it's a more um, physical exercise, physical in the sense of productive exercise, they don't value the, the importance of repetition and exercise, but it's fundamental. You, you never get nice creations if you don't keep repeating and repeating. And mm. this is mindset. So interesting. How does this mindset help you for your daily life? Well, a lot, because you know, even if in, in, in every steps, you don't get the final result immediately. Uh, if you, we decide to, well, if we got to guide us to go out for a walk, even that, if we haven't trained ourselves and we are going up to a mountain in, after 15 minutes, our legs are tired, our breath is short. So the, the fact to be always to train ourselves in what we value and what we like is, is a sort of ritual that we have to, to do every day. Do you have other rituals in your life? Well, I try to have a walk going for a walk mm. I do a little bit of yoga but uh, I would like to do much more but then you know the day runs so fast and at the end I I do realize that I didn't give enough time so the the thing I really would like to I like to keep doing is my daily walk this mm. one always daily walk always study a little bit whatever ever, always. I have recently started a tea sommelier course. It's going to be on a couple of years to, to, to get my diploma at the end. So what I like is a ritual for me, putting myself as a student from scratch 
and keep learning something new. And for example, this course is quite challenging. It's not easy. So I have going back to repeat and repeat, for example, tasting, because if you don't repeat tasting teas, well, we don't, you don't get the, the proficiency, the level to understand the difference between all the variety. <laughs> Great. And if and someone... it's another mindset, it's another mindset. It, no, it's another. It brings to the same mindset to apply to something else. <laughs> and if someone of the audience wants to start a business, what tips would you give from your mindset what you learned? Patience. <laughs> patience. A lot of patience. Because especially with the online uh, uh, boom, uh, we, when we are outside this new world, we have the impression that it's going to be, I don't say easy, but not too difficult. And then in fact, when we start crawling inside, <laughs> we do realize that it's, it's quite, it's, it's tough as every business and we have to be patient. We have to be consistent and, uh, and keep repeating and repeating always the same and the same repeating and repeating, repeating posting on social media, repeating launching, uh, mm -hmm. repeating take good pictures or having good um, good uh, scripts good content it's always it's always this mindset and this is patience and consistency is the two key tips and the third a third one but in fact is the first one be yourself don't try to be <laughs> somebody else because online everybody's doing that do what you feel you want to do otherwise if you want to do would the, the other do you don't be you won't be successful you can't to be yourself be consistent share your passion show up your personality so Jejidu, you have a long journey professional journey so how actually did you find yourself in what you're doing today well this is a good question <laughs> can you ask me that in 10 years time <laughs> Well, yes, because I am, in fact, this is it's an important question because I do realize that as we are going out from the pandemic and another page is turning. Uh, I remember when the first lockdown was announced, there was a quite of excitement because I had the idea that I had a time for me because all the rest was stopped to deep and discover new possibility. I did that, I was happy, but it was tough. And I do realize now going out, coming out because we hope that in the fall, everything will be more be normal, that I discovered many things I find, and I found really new, aspects of myself and what I really want. Uh, I have, for example, and I see it, a tiny gallery in the village where I live and I've decided to close this place. 
because uh, I don't I don't see myself staying in the gallery all day. I want to be in my creative space. It's a sort of sacred space. So this is something new that I see. And I want really to invest uh, more time that I couldn't uh, with the gallery in my creativity. Hmm. Yeah. And maybe writing a book, thanks to my <laughs> friend Esther. She's going to help. <laughs> Maybe. Beautiful, beautiful. So where can people reach you, Cecilia? The best place to reach me is my Instagram account, Cecilia Roger. Great. So maybe one last word. You shared already so many things, but maybe one last word for our audience. Believe in your dreams. Oh. Even if sometimes you have everything and everybody against, keep believing in your dreams because even if the worst scenario is that they fulfill your soul if you will have time that your dreams won't fulfill your pocket your expectation but if they keep fulfilling your soul it's worth to keep going ahead so lovely so thank you so much Cecilia Esther for having me. It was a very nice having this lovely conversation. Thank you. <laughs>